0: Welcome back to podcast 52 of 2023. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. If you can follow me on Twitter at OBKF, files at the icebreakers, files on social media, slash the Eyesbreakers. This episode is being brought to you by Bet Fred Sports. For 250 bucks worth of free bets, please visit BetFred at the Oddsbreakers. And no promo code is needed. Just click on the link. Terms, conditions, and location apply. If you'd like to support the oddsbreakers and benefit from our premium plays, please visit TheOddsBreakers.com, Click shop and become a member. Pick any of our premium cappers. You get their plays before the line moves. You can also support us on patreon.com. And if nothing else, please visit the oddsbreakers and if become a free picks and telegram subscriber. Another preseason week has passed by. There's one more game left with big game Harbaugh going up today against Riverboat Ron in Washington, but otherwise had a pretty good week, not gr- as great as before, 10-5 and 5 now this year in preseason, up 6.46 units. So I'm happy about that. Didn't find too many baseball plays over the weekend. That's still really hot for me in general as baseball is at 137, 111, and 6, up 17 units. Uh, UFC, I went 0 for 3 last weekend. Went for some dogs, just did not hit. The hype was real on Ian Gary. I just thought him stepping up in competition could make him slip up a little bit. I was totally wrong about that. Zhang just couldn't finish Langos uh, throughout the whole fight. I watched the, it, every single round in that fight, and just she just could not finish her. She was so close a couple different times, but inside the distance for Zhang, uh did not go through. But we have one more big weekend of preseason football. The lines are just going to be coming out here soon, and I'm going to talk a little bit about preseason football with you. And I'm also going to have a great guest, actually two of them. Mike North is coming back to talk some NFL 2023 football, maybe a little baseball. And Dean Asty, our fantasy guru, is back to talk about running back share for the 2023 season. Before we get to that, we have a few things to cover. I will be at the Circa Thursday Broadcasting from the Galaxy Ballroom from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. will be live streaming, but it will also be in podcast form shortly after. So if you miss any live streams, uh, please check out our podcast. We're going to have some great guests for you talking about the contest, talking about NFL 2023 with some sharp minds giving out some plays. So make sure you check us out on Thursday afternoon and Friday morning on YouTube. If you don't like if you don't have our YouTube channel please subscribe at the Odds Breakers. It's very easy to find. We obviously live stream on Twitter and Facebook and other places as well on social media. So gonna have a blast this weekend at the Circa talking some NFL football and signing up for contests. Make sure you stop by and stop by the booth. I'm gonna be Friday with Maddie or Tony from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m., I'll be giving up some free stuff as well. So make sure you check us out while you're signing up for your Circa Millions or Circa Survivor contests. So we have a question to cover in our Monday Mailbag. Please email us any questions at info at Contact us on our free Discord channel. Mr. Patrick Backus has a question about the college season It's only a week away. Well, it's less than a week away now. It's week zero coming up this weekend. Big Notre Dame Navy game. That's going to be fun. He wants to talk about the running game clock after first down. How do I think it will affect totals? And will the books over adjust to it early or take a hit the first few weeks? Uh, And we have talked a little bit about this with some guests. But um, it's a great question because it's the biggest question that everybody is trying to figure out for college football. My take on it is that, yes, the books did over-adjust. No, Patrick, I do not think that they will take a big hit. As a matter of fact, they might win on it. There's just a lot of variance right now, being that we don't have perfect numbers. Being that we've never really seen this before, you know, the NFL, I can't even remember if they've ever, Stop the clock for any reason for a first down other than spotting the ball, (laughs) you know, Uh, I believe the books adjusted three to four points and it could be too much. And the reason I think it's too much is because I think the fast teams will continue to play fast anyway. Uh, They might even play a little bit faster with the clock running because that was kind of their competitive advantage in their mind. Get the defense tired. And I think that maybe for the rushing teams, maybe the total will go even a little lower than three or four points because they're really going to slow it down at the end. Why would they let a passing team back into the game? You know, get that first down. The clock doesn't stop. Run it all the way down. Three or four of those in a drive will certainly make a difference. So I think the Iowa's, you know, the Navies, the Air Force's, Armies. Uh, big, big rushing teams in general, slow-playing pl- teams, two lane, might be a good look to stick on that under. The question is all the rest of the teams that are kind of somewhat in the middle and how it will affect those teams from a totals perspective. I'm not 100% sure either, so I don't want to answer something that I don't know. But what I do think is that From an ATS perspective, it hurts the passing team. Say you have a close game at the end, the rushing team just needs a field goal, they're going to run that clock all the way down to zero or five seconds and kick a field goal, and they're going to do it easily. Or they're going to hold on to a lead easier if they're not down and might be able to run that clock out with the other team not getting the ball back. Now, obviously, with bad defenses That's happened in the past anyway, even with the clock stopping. But now that the clock keeps going, that might be prolonged a little bit. So I think maybe attacking teams that do not have a good rushing defense is a very opportune way to try to capitalize a little bit on this before some people catch on. Because everybody's talking about totals, but not as many people are talking about how this could affect games against the spread as well. Also, I'm going to give you the 10 fastest-playing teams from last year and the 10 slowest. Uh, Mississippi was the fastest, followed by Oklahoma. Then Tennessee was third, and Indiana was fourth. All these teams were about average 20 seconds uh, per possession to get the snap going. Then Texas Tech, SMU, Oklahoma State, and kent state were next and then we have georgia southern and ball state all at the 21 seconds just under 22. so these were some fast playing teams wake forest actually i expected a little higher They're there there i had a number 11, ucla was number 12. so many of these were the usual suspects minus maybe indiana who changed their tempo up, but they also had to try to play catch-up in a ton of games last year, if you remember how bad they did uh, with coach Tom Allen in the 2022 season. Slowest teams, Air Force, 36 seconds per possession. Kentucky uh, is, sorry, I said 36, 32 seconds per possession with Air Force. Kentucky was 31 seconds, Minnesota at 31, Army at 30. New Mexico was very slow at 30, Colorado State at uh, 29, Navy at 29, Rice at 29, UConn was a slow team at 29, Oregon State was slow, they ran the ball a ton at 29, Wisconsin at 29, UAB at 29, San Diego State was also at uh, 29. Uh, Michigan and Duke as well. Michigan ran the clock out a lot the fourth quarter because they were beating teams pretty bad. Then you got teams like Iowa. That's 113th in tempo. I expected them to be a little slower, but I guess they were also in some close games. They tried to win at the end. 28.6 seconds for Iowa. Notre Dame is also pretty slow. They're at 28.8 seconds per possession. So Those are the, some of the slower playing teams from last year. The weird one, is Coastal Carolina. You know, I thought they were a little bit faster there with Grayson McCall, and they were in some games where they needed to speed it up as well. But it's just kind of shocking for me to see them so low. I would have expected them to be a little bit higher. So there you have it. Those are some numbers for you coming into the season. Now let's talk a little NFL preseason football for week three. All right, now it's time for some preseason football week three. This segment was brought to you by AG1. Why take a bunch of different things when you can just mix one scoop of powder and water once a day? Every scoop is packed with 75 vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and whole food source ingredients of high quality that give be major benefits like gut and mood support, boosts energy, even healthier looking skin, hair, and nails. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1. Get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs. With your first purchase, go to drinkag1.com/slash icebreakers or click on our podcast episode description. All right. Well, I'll tell you, last week was a little crazy in preseason because lots of coaches kind of kept what they were gonna do under wraps until right before kickoff. And some of these coaches actually had some of their starters play for a good amount of time. You know, it was uh kind of a situation where many of them did their dress rehearsal this week and that makes sense for people that just think that they could get injured and maybe the extra week off from your dress rehearsal might help if it's nothing major obviously but uh this has kind of been the trend lately but what i'm going to go over is obviously a free play for you and i'm going to go over the coaching records of the final week of each team okay okay So keep that in mind. Jonathan Gannon, 0-0. Arthur Smith, 1-1. And And that's Atlanta, obviously. Arizona, Jonathan Gannon, Atlanta, Arthur Smith, Baltimore. John Harbaugh still has to play tonight in week two. Is 9-5 in the final week. It's his weakest preseason performances in the final week. But obviously 9-5, certainly not a bad record itself. Uh, Buffalo, Sean McDermott, 4-2 in final week. Carolina, Frank Reich at 4 0. And that brings us to our free play. Frank Reich had a terrible looking preseason so far. Uh, They did finally score some points in the last few uh, minutes of the last game. You know, Carolina is 0 2 this year. Uh, There's about one, two, three coaches that I just counted that are 0 2. So far in the preseason. So kind of needs to make a showing here. He's had Bryce Young play. And Bryce Young hasn't been all that great. Now Detroit, on the other hand, Dan Campbell, 2-6 and six in preseason football. He's 1-1 one one this season. And for the final week of preseason, he is 0-2. This is a simple coaching motivation play for me. And obviously a get off the horse uh, or get back on the horse, you can say, if they've ever been on the horse. <laughs> with frank reich and the carolina panthers uh not with him there obviously being that he's a new coach here but he's had previous records in indianapolis so frank reich uh great final week let's see if he does it again big dress rehearsal hopefully he can get these kids going they really do not understand the offense yet and they're gonna need to by week one so do that for two stars it's minus 165 right now i gave it out at minus 132 stars last week fucked around and got a triple double all right let's move on to the next coach and that is matt eberflus with the chicago bears one and oh certainly too small of a sample sample size like the jonathan gannons and arthur smiths out there we don't know i think the bears are dogs in this game though to the buffalo bills zach taylor one and two he's been trending towards a fake coach anyway Sample size for the final week isn't great, but the sample size for the whole shows Zach Taylor as a losing coach. Kevin Stefanski is 1-1 in the final week, and Mike McCarthy for Dallas is 6-9. Sean Payton, massive fade coach in the last week of preseason at 3-11, but some people think that he needs to get it together this week because they didn't look very good on offense. Over the past well two preseason weeks, uh, Russell Wilson's looked bad, too, in their line. Probably a stay away here, but certainly wouldn't be betting on Sean Payton here at Denver with such a terrible final week. As a matter of fact, I would still lean to fading him in general. I mean, if you're going to get some big plus money on the other side, maybe wait this out and, and see what you uh, can get. I also want to mention... That ties have happened in the past. Last year, Robert Sala and Nick Sirianni has tied. We've had three ties so far this year in preseason, only one last year, but I don't count ties as anything. You know, sometimes coaches are trying to have their third string win and they're all motivated and the game ends in a tie. Now, the way some of these games ended in ties was people, them making the two point conversion. It's not like they try to avoid a tie if they're down two. But if they're down one and score a touchdown, now down one, they will go for two to try to win it rather than tie it. So that's how preseason football works. They go for ties if you're down two and you uh, try to win by going for two if you're only down one. Obviously, if you're tied and you get to ex- kick the extra point, you're going to kick the extra point. You're not going to go for two. But this is how coaches do it in the preseason. Uh, just went over Dan Campbell's record at 0-2. Green Bay, Matt LaFleur, 1-2 in the final weeks. Uh, so, Green Bay, nothing there. D'Amico Ryans and Shane Steikton still hasn't played yet. So, Houston and Indianapolis have not played a final week in the preseason. Jacksonville's Doug Peterson is 2-3. for three, Moving trending towards it's not really trending towards anything two and three you can't you can't get anything from two and three uh Andy Reid 12 and 12 now he all fooled us last week and has dress rehearsal last week so he, they're dogs by three points this week uh and I do agree with that I would not no chance I would take Andy Reid after he just played Mahomes for a pretty large amount of time and you know risked it against the Cardinals but then again the Browns are a, a, a team trying to figure it out a little bit themselves, too. I'm sure, well, I'm not sure, but I could see Deshaun Watson coming out and certainly playing some snaps. So that moves us to the L.A. Chargers. Brandon Staley is 0-2 in the preseason. He's a massive fade, and that's why he's a six-point dog this week. Sean McVay is 1-4. He's always a fade. He's a dog this week by three points or so, so far. And these lines really just came out over the last two hours. Uh, the Raiders, Josh McDaniels is 2-1. and A little bit of a winner. He's kind of been winning this whole preseason so far out there in Las Vegas. So interesting how he kind of switched it up a little bit going 2-0. Uh, Mike McDaniel from Miami is 1-0 and o his final week. Minnesota, Kevin O'Connell is... 0-1, oh, so not enough information there. New England, Bill Belichick, 9-13. for 13. He was a good week one in middle weeks guy, but not really here at the end. Dennis Allen from the Saints, 2-2, two two. so nothing from there, although he's a losing coach in general in the preseason. Brian Dayball, 0-1, oh not enough info there. Robert Sala, 1-0 and, oh, and a tie. Nick Sirianni, 0-1, and a tie. We have Pittsburgh's Mike Tomlin, 9-6. Tomlin has been a preseason god himself, going so far 2-0 this year. Seattle's Pete Carroll has always been there as well, being at 8-4 in the final week. So these are some serious coaches when it comes to preseason football and their motivations. Uh, San Francisco's Kyle Shanahan is 2-3, for three, and Todd Bowles is 2-3. for three. In the final week, Mike Vrabel from Tennessee is 2-for-2. And Washington, Ron Rivera is 5-for-6. Now, you're going to have to look at the lines and see which coaches play which coaches and then try to decide if these teams need some more work with their starters or not. Because right now, the lines are moving all over the place because of it, and there's a lot of thought in the beginning. But as word gets out in the street... You're going to just understand that the teams that haven't really played anybody yet are probably going to do some. You know, they're probably going to do so in the final week, at least for a quarter. I would assume that. And that's what the thought process is for some of these lines moves from the sharper players as well. So definitely keep that in mind. All right. Well, that's preseason. We have your free play as Carolina at minus 165. Now let's bring in our guest, Mr. Mike North from The Odds Couple and ESPN 1000. Now I'm excited to welcome back the legendary Mike North from The Odds Couple on ESPN 1000. You can follow Mike on Twitter at North2North. Mike, thanks for coming back on The Odds Breakers, my man. What is happening on your side of town?
1: It's always good to see somebody sitting in front of Soldier Field. You know, (laughs) Picture the Jets is being, we're, we're trying to get out of there we still can't get out it's like we're held captive you know oh. you're gonna play here until the year 2090 but in the meantime you'll buy parcels of land and pretend uh <laughs> but no hopefully that we will be moving out of there soon and uh it's great to be on with you buddy as always you know that
0: thank you thank you yeah i mean chicago we've been waiting for a stadium now they're talking about like kevin warren mentioned a dome and uh, the whole Arlington Park thing went to hell because they raised the taxes on them immediately, so we don't know what's going on with that. Boy, did they jack those things up, man.
1: I think <laughs> they're coming out here, say. Nah.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I think by the time 2030 hits, you would still be maybe under construction, so uh, hope, hopefully. Well, that's
1: what they're saying, 2030. Yeah. So, you know, I'm looking forward. That will be, uh, let's see here, Twenty three. Yeah, I'll be spry. I'll be, uh, that'll be my 77th birthday. Looking <laughs> forward to it. Looking there. forward to Somebody yelling. And I look this way when they're yelling over here. That'll be fun. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I mean, oh, I, yeah. I, yeah, I, I can't wait to see the blue and orange blurs on the, sp- on the screen. <laughs> On the field as I as I approach my seventy eighth birthday.
0: There, there you go. No, you'll you'll yeah. you'll see just fine, Mike. You don't oh, sure. Talk like that. uh Well, <laughs> let's talk a little baseball first, man, because you know I'm loving baseball. I'm having a great year. The Cubs are kind of where I expected them to be. I kind of expected a bad start, and then in the middle of the year they kind of heated up, just like after the All Star break last year, and. uh you know, here they are, but those pesky Brewers happen to beat the Rangers all weekend. And that's something we didn't expect. Wow. You know, Scherzer and everything, you know, I'm, I, I, I almost made a bet on Scherzer. I'm like, oh, I'm just like, I just, it's like this Rangers, something's wrong with this line. And then, and then uh, something's wrong with these numbers. And the Brewers just one swept them and the, the Cubs still sitting at what three back. And uh, now it's a lot tighter than I thought it would be. I thought that this would be the series that the Cubs catch up. They blow one against the Royals for no reason whatsoever after that Sox game, after that home run. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think Borrell hit that. But, you know, here we are. Uh, right? Will the Cubs get this done and win this division, or now are we just praying for wild card?
1: Well, I told them in a video I did on Twitter, don't get uh, rid of Bellinger. Uh, 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 start adding tools. Quit talking about rebuild. you got to have a team for next year. You have a have the team for the year after, the year after that. What people forget is when you go into a rebuild mode, that gives the general manager... The excuse for four years, five years. Hey, you know, don't mess with me. I'm I got a project going. Well, that's blown up on one side of town. On the other side, they've retooled. They were six under when I did a video four days before. Six under in uh, in the loss column. Uh, as far as the last playoff spot, when I made a video on the Thursday before the trade deadline, I said, "Don't do it." And to be honest with you, I'm very pleasantly surprised with Jed Hoyer. I'm surprised with Tom Rickett in a fine way. They did the same thing last year when I told him, don't get rid of half, although he's struggling a little bit right now. You can't get rid of your pieces if you want to get better. And if you keep getting rid of pieces for prospects, that's all you're going to get. And you're not going to get out of anything. They believed in the team. I think they saw the schedule. They got Detroit tonight, uh, which is coming to play every game, by the way. They're, I had them yesterday. They're coming to play every game. Their big deal. They want to be the Orioles of next year, I believe, in that division. They think it's winnable. Uh, the White Sox are going to be a non-factor in that division. Cleveland is weak. They see an opportunity to challenge Minnesota next year. You'll get a good look at them tonight. So I'm worried about the Cub game tonight. They lost one against Kansas City, but they took care of business, so, you know, uh, for the whole for the road trip, I mean, for the home stand. If they don't win it, it won't be because they were losing. You know, I mean, some the other teams kept them out. I just think they're minus something, two hundred something to make the playoffs, and I already bet that, so I'm fine.
0: Oh yeah, you probably got a better number on that too. And uh, I bet well, yeah, I, I got a plus three seventy five before the season started to make the playoffs. I threw a smaller bet on. Sure, bet. I threw. But I threw, now I, it's a lot. It's a lot clearer. Yeah, I th- now they have. If you bet them now, you're not going to get them at that. I don't think are you. No chance. Probably no. minus one. Th- 50 now I was yeah it bounces around every game absolutely just depends you know and there's a few in this race but I mean Stroman's out and he that was just some bad news you think he's coming off the DL and all of a sudden it's like what the hell's going out this ribs what you know it's just one after another here and that's just their problem is the pitching and once in a while the bullpen comes through, but a lot of times they've been blown it. So I I don't trust the Well they the got
1: that Andeley who's uh converted 18 out of 19, 19 out of 20. Uh, he's he's uh the uh in the running for MVP of the Cubs, along yeah. with Justin Steele and uh, and Bellinger. Um I just think they're a good ball club. They they uh Hendrick said the other day, Kyle Hendricks, they love being together, they love winning. That's their number one priority. Well, that's out the window for half the teams right now. So hopefully, you know, they'll continue to take advantage of the uh, schedule, the way that it's presented. They got Pittsburgh. They got Detroit coming up. These are teams that are beatable teams for a team that has, uh, I think, an all-star caliber lineup with guys like Swanson, who uh, Bellinger. uh, Strowman got hurt, but Strowman set the table for them early. He's the guy that showed them at the beginning. So you can't take that away. He's got some struggles right now. Yeah. They're winning with guys like Hendricks, Assad, you know, some people you never heard smiley. Sometimes I think he'll be a good short relief man in the playoffs. If he gets picked up, they picked up Candelaria third. You needed somebody because wisdom wasn't getting the job done there. They got some flexibility with Bellinger. You can DH him. You can squeeze other guys in, uh, into the field. Then you could put morell in center instead of Bellinger and put him at first. So, I think we're in pretty good shape right
0: now. I think they're in good shape, at least from an injury. Perspective. I sound
1: like I, I know what I'm talking about.
0: <laughs> <almost>. <laughs> there you go, my man. You always do. Come on, Mike. Yeah. Huh? yeah. Years, oh. years of practice, years of practice. But, uh, this team, the team that doesn't look like they've had years of practice is the White Sox. Uh, mm-hmm. and man, you know, coming into the season, a lot of people jumped on that bandwagon. I think I yeah. was one of them, but you know, they're like, okay, they're going to, you know, they got rid of their, their manager. They got a new one. They've, here they are. They're ready to uh, advance again. They traded one of their stars, and he, uh, uh, Brayu, and he's not even doing that good with Houston. I don't think so. And now here we are, and uh, they're just completely out of it. They're sellers, and it looks like a start of a rebuild, doesn't it?
1: Well, we're not going to play that game again. I'm not going for it. I don't think the fans are the rebuild card. Get, your, get a team out there. Quit playing around. You, mm-hmm. you bought four or five years and did nothing. He had the biggest over-evaluation of uh, talent, I believe, in White Sox history. This team was projected to run the division for the next three, four, five years with guys that have proven nothing. Um, They don't have a good minor league system right now. Um, Their manager, they got rid of their manager. Well, you get rid of Tony La Russa and replace him with a guy named Pedro (laughs) Griffoil, you're not going to win. He was in the Royal organization. They let him go. And the Royals are a rebuilding-type ball club. But he got his big chance. And when he got his big chance, he blew it. Kiev, that's just the way it is. And I'm watching these guys. There's maybe two, three players I'd want from this team. I like Vaughn at first. I think he's only had about 250 professional bats before he got in the major leagues. I mean, there's guys in the May in the majors that have had 2,000 at bats in the minors. Mm-hmm. So that's part of growing up as far as the White Sox are concerned. They should have maybe seasoned him a little bit more, but Tim Anderson's gone. I mean, he's completely lost. I don't know what happened to him. Mancada and Kopik for sale has been a complete bust like I called the day it happened. And, you know, I just it sounds eerily familiar the hope that fans had of the White Sox for the hope that the Fancy have with Justin Fields and the Bears. Same type of hype. And I'm just hoping to God, I'm praying to God that something turns out good for the blue and orange compared to what's happened to the boys from the South side.
0: I mean, that, you know, that's an interesting comparison because there is a lot of (laughs) bipolarness really with this. (gasps) I mean, there's so many people that love them. And then there's a lot of sharp people that I respect that hate them this year. And
1: and and you, you, you and I are, we don't want to mention any names, but I know many sharp people (laughs) that don't have jobs in the media that bet. They're taking unders. They're, mm-hmm. they're going to fade the Bears. Yep. They 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 will not touch the sixteen to one odds that uh, Fields had for. I mean, there's a guy. Nothing against him. He's got maybe massive potential. hasn't shown it yet. But it's hard to pick anybody for MVP that's lost nine straight football games as a quarterback in the, in in the NFL. And will that turn around? They made some improvements. Is DJ more enough? We'll see. But you have defense to contend with. You've lost pieces from there. Speedy team, maybe one of the five, six teams that could maybe surprise that never made the playoffs the year before because of the intangibles. But I'll give you the answer that I failed to give when I was on this with Mitch uh, Moss and uh, uh, Paulie Howard. And I, I didn't ignore Mitch. I got on the fields thing. It depended on him in the first game with uh, with the Packers. If they lose that, do they spiral? Here's my deal. Since 1960, and I meant this, he asked me, can the Bears get in the mix? I don't know. First time ever. In other years, I knew. They stink. They're good. They're going to be really good this year. Maybe not so good next year. Every year. And I don't know what's going to happen this year. And that's maybe the fun of it. But I don't know, would you take the over or under seven and a half? I mean, last year, they did well in the preseason. Not better than they are this year They're two and one this year but then they they won two out of three to start the season off and then lost the rest of their games so can they go up five more wins I don't know uh, I, I I wouldn't touch it to be honest with uh-huh. you and I think they're a third place team in the division I see your point and I
0: wouldn't go over you know that's for sure and I watched Justin Fields Every but game you said that's game. for
1: sure. Have you seen the defense? Have you seen? See, there's a lot of first year guys. The other night they didn't even play fields. You know, he may go in with the least amount of time in the preseason. And I think he needs snaps. Now he had three three for three the first game, 129 yards, short passes. People criticized him. I go, Montana made a living that way for for for, decade, for a decade, throwing the short pass, the raftman and Craig. All you see is the rice highlights. But can you really say Kiev's going to put? Let's put five dimes on them being five games better, just because Rodgers is out of the out of the division. What happens if they lose the Green Bay first game and they're only what three point favorites? It's crazy. It well, absolutely, they could lose this game.
0: You have a much more seasoned coach with Matt with Mike. Well, yeah, Matt Lafleur. Very good I, point. I, I'm getting back and forth with Mike, Mike and Matt Lafleur here, but yeah, it's. It, I mean, you got a guy that's been there before. You got Love, who's sat on the bench and watch Rodgers, and he's probably going to come in a little bit calmer than you know Fields, which has this massive expectation. And I didn't. I could, he wasn't accurate last year. So, some's got to switch here, no. and, and and now everyone sees Jalen Hurts and they compare him because they're both fast guys, right? They're both fast. They're both athletic. So, so here, so obviously the One Bears are going to do the <laughs>
1: Didn't one guy, one of them go to the Super Bowl?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. It was a different guy, and his name wasn't Fields yet. But yeah, Fields has been in the league, what, one year less than him. So everyone's correlating that. And that's what I hate doing in sports betting. I preach against it all the time. Just because it worked for this group doesn't mean it worked for this group. And you still have massive problems. Chevin Jenkins is now injured. I heard up to six weeks from Brad Biggs. It's like what else is going to drop here? And we don't even know how these guys are going to gel together. It might not happen for a while. You know, it's a new team and we don't know about Matt Aberflow. So, he, so the, I see the upside with some of the people they picked up. I love the Tremaine Edmonds pickup. I, I love at TJ Edwards. They did pretty well at the linebackers. Their, their secondary is a little questionable to me. Their defensive line, I hope the two draft picks pick come up here, right? Because they did wow. pass on Jalen Carter. They passed on Jalen Carter there. So,
1: so let's hope one of these guys shows up there, Mike. Fields is the only guy that can hurt you. I believe the way to beat the Chicago Bears this year will be more by ground than by air. Yeah, probably. I believe you can run on their front four. You can run on their front four. You can scheme on their front four. Uh, undisciplined maybe group, uh, get, trying to get better two two. Maybe too young. You said they improved at linebacker. You lost Wilquan Smith. You didn't re- improve at linebacker from what you had, but right. you didn't want to pay. Right. Now, uh, the secondary's got quickness, and uh, they've been pretty impressive. But they said, everybody, the other night, like they w- they they won 12 games last year. Brady, in his last couple years, played more time at quarterback than Justin Fields does. Mm-hmm. That's just crazy for the amount of experience one has over the other. I mean, I talked to my buddy Carmen DeVelco. I go, Carmen, can Justin Fields only take? He may not hardly play in the first, in the third game. Mm-hmm. So you going in with limited snaps, maybe under 10. Now, last year he did play in the third. This is information, folks. You don't get other places. <laughs> Kev gets it from me. Okay. Uh, 14 <laughs> or 16 last year. So in the, th- in the third game. So he did play. So I'm hoping he plays a lot. But if he plays limited time, they're in protective mode not to get hurt. For that big game against Green Bay. And their first two games, folks, Green Bay and Tampa, once again, this is why Kiev gets me on the line. They're both, they're favored in both of those games. The Chicago Bears, with nine straight, 10 straight losses, one field didn't play, are favored at home. That's a lot of pressure for a young ball club, young coaching staff, looking for fields to jump up big. Well, the way you're putting it here, if
0: you don't make that bet against the Bears, well, you're going to feel pretty stupid if it goes through. You know, it's well, just one of those
1: situations. Let's it's say like, they lose to Green Bay. If they beat Green Bay, they're, they got some momentum. We finally beat New – who cares if Aaron Rodgers isn't here anymore. We beat their guy. But if the guy – look, I've been hearing the guy, the, the kid from Green Bay, is a bum for three, three, four years. Can't get on the field. Well, he's behind Rodgers, a four-time MVP. If Fields is so much better than him, then why is it just a standard three-point dog for Green Bay mm-hmm. at, against the Bears at home? Yeah. And with, the great, with the great with the great, Fields taking uh, the snaps for the Bears and ready to take the next step. That's the only thing that concerns me. But they are favored, so you got to give them that. So hopefully they play up the form.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. And uh, being your favored while well, you again yeah, it, it, it's in. This could really start the trajectory of their season if this loss Either happens. Way. They look bad. The Packers, all they need to do is really run the ball well, and they should be able to come out with a win. I mean, that's how bad the run defense was, especially when they lost Rock, uh, Rausch, obviously Smith. Right? Yeah, uh, almost, yeah. I forgot his name already, but Edmonds is going to be slided in. Uh, hopefully, that makes up some. But it's all about the three technique up front. You know, our guy is yep. going to come through and and start that, I'm going to say no. And you know
1: what? I hear this. Justin Fields needs a better offensive line. Every team does. Every week, quarterbacks run for their lives if you watch all the games, okay? It's what you do with that offensive line. For instance, Joe Burrow's offensive line, historically the last couple years, has been as bad as the Bears' offensive line. But he's Joe (laughs) Burrow. That's what Justin Fields has got to do. He's got to overcome that like every other quarterback. How many times you see Brady stand in there and finally get rid of the ball, and then all of a sudden, you know, the guy's in his face. A million times they get hit. It's what you do with any type of offensive line. You have to overcome the bad guard. You have to overcome maybe that right offensive tackle that's playing in only his third game. And that's what you – the good quarterback quarterbacks do they play even if they have they cover up flaws Kiev, joe burrow if he's not on cincinnati okay we're gonna see flaws that you never saw before great quarterbacks cover up flaws and the bears have flaws Let's see if Justin Fields can over can cover those up.
0: Great, great point. And I will have some more info on how I'm playing Joe Burrow in our next show coming up here on Thursday. Oh, but let's go. I'm on pins
1: and needles. I'm on pins and needles.
0: <laughs> it's a good one. Uh, NFC North. Then I'm <laughs> guessing you. Who do you like for the division? I mean, from a win total perspective, the Bears and Packers about seven and a half, the Vikings eight and a half, and the Lions nine and a half. I'd say it. I, I almost feel like the Lions and the Vikings. Could be a little overrated this year, too. I don't like any
1: of these teams that much. Nobody's talking about the Vikings like they were three years ago. For some reason, why do I get the idea? As long as they got that slinger back there that hasn't proven himself all the way. He's like, uh, he's like the cold weather Jimmy Garoppolo. Only Garoppolo's decorated, and they wanted to get rid of him. I mean, what's happened to Jimmy Garoppolo's criminal? You've been in the NFC title game. You've also been in the Super Bowl. You know, you got a record of like seven seventy percent and they go draft some kid for three picks. That's going to be a bust. I'm hearing bad things about him already. Okay, you got Purdy. You got some backups. But I'm telling you, I got a new theory. You want to hear my theory? Absolutely. I threw him for that, folks. Watch this. I'm going to bet for some over and unders. Based on the two quarterbacks on the teams this year, in other words, who's the backup if this guy gets hurt? Are you going to put your money on Stroud and Andy Dalton at Carolina? I mean, he's—you may think he's the best backup quarterback. I think a team,
0: Bryce Young, in I'm going to well,
1: go to my. You in, ready to you, you ready for me to give you my yearly Mitch Trubisky thing? Let, let's hear it. Pittsburgh, the other night, pick it. Three for four, touchdown, get him off the field. Mitch Trubisky, 10 to 13, 80 yards, touchdown, bingo, get him off the field. The two of them, you have two quarterbacks. If one goes down, you got an insurance policy, a starter that has a winning record in the NFL, that has started multiple games, over 55, 60 games, playoff tested, and knows the system, so... Pittsburgh's going to be one of my teams based on one thing. If the quarterback goes down, you maybe you lose something, but not much. He's been in the wars. There's other teams, like I just said, that have Andy Dalton that keep going to that trough. Okay? Then you've got Jacoby Brissett at the Commanders, but he, they, their first-team quarterback's not that good, right? Gardner Minshew with the Colts. He might end up being their starter. they got him listed as a backup. Taylor Heineke interesting Desmond Ritter Taylor Heineke I sort of like the over in that eight and a half because they got somebody I think that could play who was a starter in the league I'm like how about this one folks are you gonna bet against New Orleans oh my god Derek Carr is down oh wait a minute Jameis Winston's coming in and threw three touchdowns the other night for instance that's another one folks I think you got a possibility. Look who the second string quarterback is on the team. And if you're not sure about a team, that could be your final decision. If you got New Orleans and you know Jameis Winston is another year with the system and he's fine and he's throwing the ball good as a second stringer then you're not afraid to take a team like that if their car gets hurt.
0: New Orleans has the easiest schedule followed by the Falcons. Absolutely. And the only reason the Falcons isn't as easy is because they play New Orleans twice and New Orleans has the higher win total. So these, you flip-flop right. these two teams,
1: they have the easiest. But you get my point, right? You get my point on that. They have a little, you know, we look at. Well, the I get your every-
0: point, Mike, because I did the same thing with Miami.
1: There you go. I yeah. mean,
0: a, a guy that got three concussions last year, and who's your backup? Oh. Skylar Thompson. Mike White, yeah. are you kidding me? You know, they spend all this money on all this talent and that's the backup you pull up, you know? I, I would have Cooper. traded for Jameis Wimston or something. Just just you have something Cooper. there that can How throw the Dallas? ball, you know?
1: What happens if Prescott gets hurt again? You got Cooper Rush.
0: Yeah, Cooper okay. Rush, the game manager,
1: yeah. You're in trouble. Mm-hmm. You're in trouble. That's where the big money hurts. Sam Darnold with the 49ers as your backup and you got Purdy as your starter? <laughs> I don't they, know they, they don't have
2: know a number that. one quarterback, Mike. That we don't I, I know I don't about Purdy out. yet.
1: <laughs> sure. I like Huntley backing up Jackson for a couple games. I don't lo- I like Huntley having to play for the Ravens for a week uh, for more than three, four weeks at a time. Mike White of the Dolphins, he could be a starter, like you said. The other kid, he got out of bed the other day, got dizzy. I mean, I mean, he's if he if, if he gets up and puts his feet on the ground and his head shakes, he gets a concussion. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? P.J. Walker, hey the Bears, if Fields can't get it done, the other two guys are worse. Yeah, P.J. Walker, that's a disaster. You're breaking everything on that inexperience and no backups, no veteran. They could maybe play well and maybe put too much pressure on the kid. They seem to be in protective mode. I like the Eagles with Hurts and Mariota. Mariota's a good second stringer. Well, you know, Bailey Zappi for the Patriots. Mm. What do you think? Uh, Mariota's had a bad
0: preseason so far. We wonder if he's going to make the team. Uh, Zappi looked good a little bit last year, and then he had that bad game. I, I, I think the Patriots just were complete idiots on how they treated Mac Jones last year. And it was all because they had that horrible offensive coordinator and Patricia, who was a defensive guy. That was just all yeah, Belichick yeah. script. I don't know if yeah, he went I don't bad. know if he went that senile was- or what, because that was just one of the worst calls I've seen in football, especially from a coach as acclaimed as him. But what I probably should ask you, Mike, and this is a gambling show, a sports betting show, as yeah. we as we all know, from an ATS from an ATS perspective. Which team might be a little underrated or overrated? You can give me one each if you want, two each, whatever. Uh, coming into the 2023 season, you know, because that's what we care. Oh, there's gonna be spreads that reflect all these preseason thoughts, anyway. You know, you can say, "Oh, this team's gonna be bad." Yeah, no crap. Uh, the Texans are, you know, 15 point dogs against the Eagles, right? It's like, it's like, yeah, you're not telling me anything new. But what I, what we care about is where we can find some value, right? And I I got one in mind that's uh, a little bit underrated.
1: Okay, go ahead. You go first.
0: And I think it's not because of the backup, and I'm not talking about from a season win total perspective. They can lose every single game, but if they cover the spread, it's a team that's only going to be favored in two or three games, which is the Washington Commanders. You know, this defense was extremely good last year and the only time they weren't good was at the end of the season where they kind of gave up you know i mean if you're a defense busting your balls all all year long and you know your offense is just not going to score points you, you you let the other teams walk on you but they have the talent there to really make a riverboat ron type season you know he's good when people doubt him and here let me tell you about sam howell there was a year at North Carolina before he lost everyone if he could have entered the NFL draft that would have been better right but mm-hmm. he yeah. lost everyone at North Carolina so we went from the top draft pick the top prospect to you know dropping way down because he, he wasn't playing with anybody he could be good you know he could be he's got Terry McLaurin there to throw to you know he's got some big receivers yeah. there i mean from big a killer. From an ATS perspective, I'm talking. I'm not saying they're going to – I'm saying they could be in these games. So that's one I'm with, uh, undervalued that, that I'm thinking of, Mike.
1: I think you're right, and I think Chico last year, they played as hard as they could. He did the most of what he could. He was supposed to be fired again for the fourth straight year, what have you. I, lo- I know, Ron, I worked with them in Chicago mm-hmm. on the radio. We had good rapport. Respect the hell out of him. And St- I know Stephanie, his wife, and their kids. When they were little toddlers. Heck of a football player, coached the way, played the way that he coaches. So I have a lot of respect for Ron. I I like that pick. I'll give you one that I think is, I think if you bet him every game, you got a good chance of covering most of the time against them, if you bet against them. I'm going to go Tampa Bay. I'm going to go against Baker Mayfield. I'm going to go against Kyle Trask. I'm not a Kyle Trask guy. I, I remember all the excitement about him, his last year at Florida. I, it wasn't, I'm not saying nothing against him, but I'm not raising the flag. It didn't wow me, okay? I know that you'll look at the stats. It's Florida. Shane Matthews looked good at Florida. You know what I mean? I can name you. Look at the guy. Danny Werfel. Danny Werfel.
0: Remember Werfel?
1: Danny Wor- They all look good at Florida. <laughs> uh, even Gino Toretto with Miami. Uh, you know what? Uh, we love him. He's a top paisan. But one. Once he got in the pros, he goes, now where's all the receivers? I mean, they <laughs> another Ohio State deal. They go to programs in the pros that aren't as talented as the college teams they left. I think Trask and Mayfield, I think people are hopeful. I am for, for Baker Mayfield. But somehow, I just think if you bet against Tampa Bay and the rest of their football team, you'll cover.
0: Yeah, and I... They I, lost Brady. Well, they I also, lost Brady. I don't like the coach. Todd Bowles, no. they, when Brady no. won, he was with Bruce Arians, but then Bowles comes in, yes. who was a failure before, but then they promote him because yeah. Bruce Arians leaves and probably wants to be gracious. And he knows it's yeah. the end for Brady. It was a perfect time to leave. I, you like
1: know? Todd Bowles. I, I know people that praise him, that worked with him, but as an assistant, yes, an but assistant, some it, people are great assistant coaches.
0: And that's why that's I, right. I think it's a great call. And I'm going to say the same thing about Dennis Allen. Now, they do have the easiest schedule, but and it doesn't mean they're not going to win 10, 11, 12 games. But I think they might be a fade ATS. You got Kamara that's got all these head problems, you know, coming in, doing making stupid, terrible choices, punching people in casinos and things like that, you know. I, you got a really good receiver in Chris Olave, but Derek Carr, I've seen Derek Carr lose more games than he's actually won. He's got a ton of talent. But man, he gets in his own head, and he does some makes some just dumb mistakes while leading, blowing leads. He can be a gamer when he's down, and you've seen him beat the Cowboys. But man, I I, I just don't yes. have a ton of faith in Derek Carr, I and agree I think there that. could be a quarterback controversy. And I just I like fading coaches, you know, fade the fade the new coaches coming on in, fade make Ryan's, you know, the first week. You know, fade these guys because they have no idea what they're doing or coming into, and it's not like the expectations are that much for them anyway. You know, they're in a honeymoon yeah. here almost. Bet the coaches that you know are good pre uh, in NFL week one, Mike.
1: Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. One thing I want to get on before I go to the coaches, it, Zach Wilson is your backup in New York, and I happen to be one of those people that thinks that Rodgers will do okay. Now, what's okay in New York? You better win 10 games you better. If you're, if you're Aaron Rodgers, they've been waiting for you. And Favre did it for a while, and everybody got excited. Then he went to Minnesota, where it was better. He had some issues in New York. But that's an interesting one. Zach Wilson is your backup if Rodgers gets hurt. He's folks. not looking that good.
0: No, and and that, and he's that's not looking a, that good. Yeah, they got rid of White. That's a bad one. I, I'm not even sure that White is not better than Wilson, better. to be honest with you. And I don't like White that much, but I, I don't think Wilson... Um, is the answer. And he played like the easiest BYU schedule due to a COVID year that I've ever seen in my entire 47 years of existence, Mike. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and then he becomes the number two pick in the draft because of uh, BSers yeah. out there in their draft yeah. ratings throwing him up like he's going to be some god. The dude had no pass rush whatsoever at BYU. He had wide open guys. You could just throw timing routes and win. You know, it was just. It too easy for him but yeah that's another situation where let's hope roger stays healthy the good news for rogers is you know i never liked the man being a bears fan i always thought he was a little bit shady of a personality and all that but what two things he does well he doesn't get injured for one and he doesn't throw interceptions that often you know maybe nope. last year was a little bit of an outlier but he doesn't and so those just just let your defense take care of business Maybe maybe that does work out pretty well for him. So, I at least well, he he's Roger got to worry for...
1: about. He has a stinker game starting off. The New York media starts flying his ass. He ain't in Green Bay no more. But You're he... not in Green Bay anymore, Dorothy. You're going to be taking heat you never took before if you get off to a bad start in New York City. Believe me when I tell you this. They're expecting nothing but deep into the playoffs.
0: Well, here's the problem with the Jets. Their schedule's really hard in the beginning. Their first yeah. uh I'm I'm going to I'm going to just name these games here uh for and the I'll give you a coach for yes the Jets. No. They they're very they're very tough. So, uh they're going to start here regular season Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Buffalo's going to but Buffalo's upset that they're a dog in this game or just barely a favorite depends where you
1: look at Dallas. Loss at Dallas. Well, you know Mike I got to say this too. I I think Mike McCarthy has been getting a bum rap. I think the media doesn't like him. I don't think they like his game management, which is open for interpretation at times. But I don't give a damn. Dak Prescott gets hurt. He's, to me, uh, cost him some games. I think he's going to have a terrific year. But they're crapping on a coach that's won 24 games the last two years. Yeah. And the only coach who ever won a Super Bowl for Aaron Rodgers and vice versa. If Aaron Rodgers was so good, how come the only guy that could help him get there, okay, if I'm not mistaken, was McConaughey. Period. End of story.
0: I can see zero two from the start, and then probably I'll, I'll give you this Patriots win. I'm not loving it, but I'll give it to you with the Jets. So the Jets, yeah, are Brady 1-2. ain't
1: walking through that door.
0: Yeah, and then you got the pay. Then you got the Chiefs. I mean, you have to assume Mahomes. You have to assume, you have to assume a loss here. Um, yeah. Uh, or so you're starting out probably one in one in four. Then at Denver, I if mean, they start
1: it, out one in four, there's going to be anarchy. Anarchy. And that's I'm a problem. Right
0: now. And that's a problem. At Denver, if if they can't beat Denver here one and four, then the Eagles is a
1: loss. I so, think so- McCarthy's I would love a coach who's won twelve games the last two years for my football team. Maybe I'm out of line. Maybe I'm out of line. They haven't done anything. I mean, I know they got some great players, but they've been a doormat since the 90s, for Christ's sake.
0: I don't love McCarthy, but I also know there's worse out there than him, for sure. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, and so the Jets will have it very hard. If you like their season win total over or them to win the division, you want to wait until week seven to make that play because that's where it eases out at new york to chargers at home maybe at the la raiders should be or las vegas raiders buffalo is going to be tough but then miami hopefully two is done by them for them atlanta houston at miami washington at cleveland the whole schedule is a little tricky let's just say so this is not uh an easy schedule at all for the jets so- i hope
1: uh i hope cleveland Cleveland loses every game with that erratic quarterback. I guess I hope they lose every game.
0: <laughs> a lot of people are high on Cleveland. I'm not. I'm not buying it. Um, I, I I don't think Stefanski is a good enough coach personally. I
1: I never heard of their backup quarterback. Yeah, I, I don't even know who he is. Dobson or somebody. I I mean, backing up a, a, a good talent that hasn't found his way yet. I think that thing haunts him a little bit. I think when he's preparing for a game, he's thinking also about all the people that know that he got away with absolute. Uh, authority with getting the only fully guaranteed contract in the history of the league after pulling the league through that mess. What a absolute worst all time favorite contract for the worst kind of guy. Uh, Deshaun period.
0: Watson, Dorian Thompson Robinson could push jo- Do- Josh Dobbs who played for the Steelers out of there. Kellen Mond's toast. Just forget about him. He's not picking yeah. the team. Yeah, he is. But uh, you got Deshaun Watson. I'm going to predict it's going to be DTR from UCLA, which was a late draft pick, and when yeah. I thought that was a pretty good pick. So I, you know, if Deshaun Watson, I hope doesn't they get lose every
1: game. <laughs> I hope they lose every game. The only thing I like about the, uh, Cleveland is Kill the Irishman about Danny Green. It's a movie. I love on that movie. HBO. That- that's a Yeah, good, me too. That, that's what I love. I love da- Danny Green was the tough... They talk about the football players, Irishman Danny Green. Watch that one, folks. I'll give you a season win total that I took under, Mike. And I took it for plus.
0: I love point. season win del- totals. All right. Well, you're right up the uh, alley then. So, I'm ready to yeah, roll. I'm going with the Chiefs under 11 and a half, my friend. And um, I got plus money on it. Here's the thing. Yeah, they, I mean, they're a Super Bowl team. They won the Super Bowl last year. It took a... Took a little bit of assistance there, and the, the, the end of those final two games with some interesting calls. But that's Mahomes, and we, we've seen <laughs> it enough. We, we, we've seen it enough with Brady. It's not like we. we I, I'm not saying that they're not going to get to the playoffs or the Super Bowl, but I don't think they do it with 12 wins. I, I think they get in, in like a 10, 11 win game. Maybe it's like right up to the uh, end with the Chargers here, or with possibly Denver, because they have a great coach. But. Um, the problem that I have with them is they, they're they rebuilding their offensive line. Remember that when they rebuilt their offensive line that first year, they were terrible the first eight or nine games. And then they finally came up and won. Well, then they shed some offensive linemen. You know, uh, they're coming in fat and happy, fat and happy. And you know what? Mahomes' little roll to the right, they're going to have to figure that out at some point. 2.8 seconds, the man goes to the right. That's what he does. And then Kelsey, he knows exactly where Kelsey's going to be. Why can't these defenses finally figure that out? I think that yeah. the books, you know, and, and Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. I am not going to deny him at Burrow for sure. Uh, but right now, I just think it's a hangover type year. They won a Super Bowl. They're coming in. They don't want to get early. Any big spread, I'm gonna be probably fading them. And they'll probably win by two or three points at the end. But um I just don't see this team uh getting to 12 wins well, with a first place schedule, Mike.
1: It's a Super Bowl team. We know what happens to them the next year. They struggle with the point spread. The 85 Bears struggled with the point spread the next year. I mean that's just the way it is. They didn't win the next year. The thing with Mahomes is something that I've witnessed myself hundreds of times. When an athlete runs on the court, are you winning already? And I saw that with Michael Jordan. When he ran on the court against certain teams, most teams, whether it be Atlanta, whether it be uh, Cleveland, they were always up three, four, five, nothing when he ran on the court before the tip off. Mm -hmm. I feel the same way about Mahomes. I know what you're saying. He's one of those guys that almost pushes the envelope where I'm going to let the competition stick around. He's the boxer that lets the competition stick around. And then at the end, he's going to be boom, 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 being Patrick Mahomes. So I'm with you hundred percent, but Patrick Mahomes and Michael Jordan, uh, he's the latest of people that I've seen compared to Jordan that when you run on the field, the other players look and go, Oh damn. You know what I mean? So he's, they know they got a pedigree that wants to break Brady's record. I think he's the Tiger Woods uh, aiming at Nicholas's record that he fell short of, for whatever reason you want. I knew it would happen. I thought that if he hadn't done things to himself, he probably would have proved me wrong. I think Mahomes is going after Brady right now. Oh, he—he's he, he,
0: he, circled Brady for sure, but it's early yeah, in his career. Sure. Early enough in his career, yeah. But and- you got to win. You well, got to well, win. Here's what Brady also had. Team friendly contracts. They were able to pay for some guys, and it it wasn't the Patriot way to pay for running backs and receivers, and it worked. They paid for Gronk a little bit, right? And some other tight ends. They had a nice two tenant tight end since they did the right way. But at the same time, you know, the Chiefs paid Mahomes a lot of money. And he's always sucking up a bit of that. And that's why they have to keep to keep changing out guys. Like
1: Rogers was at Green Bay, because Rogers at Green Bay never gave a cent back. Never gave a cent back. He could have won more than one Super Bowl. It's called deferred payments like Brady did, but he didn't do that. Then he comes to New York and he does it, gives up the millions to bring more players in because he knows he doesn't have enough. He never did that for the most part in Green Bay. And if he did, nobody, he, he's the kind of guy that would tell you. So I'm puzzled as to he could have had a fantastic deal in Green Bay, given a little money, still made because it doesn't cost anything. Comparable to living Green Bay than New York.
0: Well, he hated the I ownership mean, there, and that's what that he's. It's been like that for years. It was quiet for yeah. a while. He did, he wanted to take every single bit he could, and he was kind of on the way out. He stayed for the fans for as long as he could. But he,
1: at the end, he cut his own throat at because of- he he cut his own throat. Give he because he didn't have the personal and 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 you know what? It cost him because to me, him and five, two and thirty-two years losers. Losers, Yeah, Favre's, a, Favre's in Loser. a little bit of trouble. <laughs> well, you know what? Rodgers Rogers was in the simplest division in football for so many years, like Brady was with Buffalo. Brady was 35-3 and three against the Bills, folks, right. when he was in the East. The Jets, look, look at those teams back then. Rodgers should have been able to capitalize more on the division he is, like Brady did, where Brady had six, seven week games off a year playing – the pansies of the NFC East or the AFC East.
0: Right. Yeah. No disagreement there. Well, why don't you give us a season win total, Mike, that you like for 2023?
1: I'm going to go over eight and a half Atlanta.
0: Okay. I love it. I'm on them. Yep.
1: Yeah. I'm going eight and a half Atlanta. Not talking about them. Not too many uh, name guys. uh, You know, they, they got some, this Ritter kid, I, I'm hoping he can get it put together. I think New Orleans is beatable. Like you said earlier, it's not like the division with Tampa Bay is a god, you know, a, a powerhouse. So I'm going to take the over with Atlanta.
0: I, don't, I love that because, like I said earlier, that schedule is terrible. Here's what Ritter at least did do last year over all these rookie quarterbacks. He played right. the last right. four games. Yeah. And he's got some so he's got some real NFL experience and I don't care if he's not looking bad in the preseason because when he came down to it, he looked pretty good in those last games. You know, I mean, I watched him. He wasn't bad. And now it's going
1: to be the quarterbacks. It depends on the quarterbacks of these teams. Well,
0: Kelvin Ridley's there now. They had nobody to throw to but Pitts, and Pitts was double covered. Now they can right. help each other out a little bit. They got B. John Robinson, a stud running back. Now I normally nice. don't like I, love them. I don't like running backs normally picked early, but you know what? It is what it is, and they still were able to fill some voids. They were aggressive in free agency, and they had a lot of picks. Uh, I if they stay healthy. Easily over eight and a half, and that thing's already juiced up. I bet them to make the playoffs, Mike, at plus one eighty three months ago. So I, you get it, I love it. I am completely on the same side as you. Well, my man, a few more minutes here. Any other teams or thoughts that you'd like to get off
1: your back for the NFL season? I think a team that's going to disappoint is a team you brought up earlier, Miami. I think they're disappointing. I think that they're banking too much on a guy that if he gets up and hits his head, you know, getting up on something, on the lamp or something, that he could be out for too much. I just think there's a lot of gambling going on there on him and on the situation in Miami. I think my I think their, quarter, their coach is okay, uh, but he's the guy that kept putting them back in when he was getting dinged up, and I think that's something to keep an eye on. I'm gonna say Miami's gonna downgrade.
0: Yep. So right on right on with me. Uh, I took their underseason win total nine and a half a long time ago is one of the early bets win. that I made. Um yeah, Miami is that team that put all their cards in on a injury prone quarterback. And when right. I say injury prone, he's very injury prone. So sure it's uh it, I, I'm just not a big believer then this in, in Skylar Thompson. I, I he played okay at Kansas State, but you know he didn't ever scream NFL to me. Mike White, just a same. Look kind at of Justin Herbert. Backup,
1: we you didn't know. mention Justin Herbert. I'm tired of hearing about him. To me, Justin Herbert, they talk about him every year and every year. I'm going where's Justin Herbert, and he doesn't have a good backup. Stick his name is or somebody. I watched him the, uh, last night. I mean, I know that everybody loves see I love San Diego. Everything about him, the town, the uniforms, everything. They just. They don't – not San Diego, L.A. They just don't have the home field, and I'm hoping Herbert can turn it around, but they don't have a backup in case something happens to him.
0: Yeah, and Herbert has been durable. He's a big guy. The interesting thing was with with Lombardi going out, uh, you know, he was – a lot of people say that they were they weren't testing Herbert's arm now they draft two receivers both from TCU which is interesting. And they're going to throw days. downfield more. They're going to throw downfield where they should have been doing cuz Mike Williams is an yeah. absolute beast and yeah. Keenan Allen when healthy which is obviously a big if and when if the, <laughs> he's uh you know got plenty of talent too. So uh, there's a lot of great pieces on the Chargers if they can just uh you know put it together here. Now they have a new offensive coordinator that came from Dallas uh Moore. Right, Kellen Moore, and I think Kellen Moore is more prone to go downfield because you've seen it happen with uh, yep. with Lee and some of those big receivers, Galladay, on Dallas. So I could see, I can see them improving that. Uh, I I just think that they have one of the worst coaches in Staley, and maybe Lombardi was the fallback guy. I I don't know. You know, I mean. Staley was one year he was super aggressive, and then last year when he should have been aggressive, he sat back and let the Jaguars beat him when they had them 99% dead in the second half there, man.
1: Yeah, L A. the L.A. Chargers, to me, are a team that I I never expect to see at the end, no matter how good. I mean, I yeah. I saw him not make the playoffs with Dan Fouts. You know what I mean? I mean, guys like that, tremendous competitors and great players. It's just, I remember my buddy Doug McFone telling me, The Bears drafted him in the NFL, and the Chargers drafted him in the AFL. And they wanted Doug Buffon, who played for the Bears for 14, 15 years, Mm -hmm. a linebacker next to Butkus and others, to play for the Chargers. He grew up in western Pennsylvania, okay? He said, my whole life I wanted to play for the NFL. I just couldn't see being an NFL player back then in San Diego, California. It just wasn't conducive to football. And so far... He's been pretty well right about all that it, it, for over the years, from Chuck Muncie, you know, to John Hadle, uh to John Jefferson. We can go on and on about the name players: Junior Seau, Steve Mix. Or uh, I, I, I could go all Ladanian, night. long. Tomlinson. Madanian Tomlinson, Marshall Faulk. Uh, all night long. Yeah, Marshall Falk played for him. He right was now. the
0: Rams. He was in the Rams.
1: The Rams. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh But other guys, Lance Allworth. I'll go all night long with great players that, you know, very, very spotty success in, in postseason.
0: Yeah, very, very spotty. Mike, thank you so much for discussing some pigskin with me. Always a blast talking with you. Where could our listeners and viewers get your great information and media?
1: I got a podcast dropping soon. My third episode of Raging Mouth about my life story. It's on uh Ooh. Uh, My Twitter handle, North to North Spotify. It's on uh, YouTube. Make sure you watch. It's two episodes up already. I'm also working. uh, Is this like a biography type deal? Yeah. It's a biography thing called Raging Mouth, sponsored by Raul Jewelers here in Chicago. It was funded and everything. And you'll, here are Episode 3, but Episode 1 and 2 is out now. You can go to North to North, my Twitter feed, N-O-R-T-H, and number 2, N-O-R-T-H. Scroll down, you'll see it all there. I, I'm frequent with my Twitter. I like to stay with it, whatever it's called now. Also working on ESPN 1000. Um, not only have a podcast, but a show Saturday at 10 o'clock in the morning, picking games called The Ads, coupled with Carmen DeFalco, um, so everything's busy. I'm fine. I do a lot of these during the football season because yeah. I love what I did on the street corner. That's what we're doing. Absolutely. Uh, what we did on the street corner. That's it, folks.
0: Well, you've had an amazing life. And so I'm very interested in listening to so this. Of you, but, my friend. And, but hey, in 2030, when you're 77, your life's going to be amazing from now until then, too. <laughs> So you might have to do another biography. You're talking about our
1: Bears and our Cubs oh, and all yeah. our Let's Chicago so, teams, my Cam, man. you're a gentleman, buddy. I appreciate you having me on. Man. Have a
0: great week, Mike. Talk to you later. You too, buddy. So- now it's time for a little fantasy football with our guy, D. Nasty. All right. Now it's time for some fantasy football. We got our guy, D. Nasty, back. Dave, it's been a while. All the way since probably January. How the heck has your summer been going, and what's been up with you lately?
2: Not much, man. Just living the dream. Uh, Yeah, it's been a minute since we've done this. It's good to get back into the football. I'm excited for football to start again. My son's playing football as well, so that, that and soccer and softball and baseball and all the activities for the kids definitely keeping me busy.
0: Oh, for sure, man! It's like summertime. I remember, obviously, summers in the Midwest were awesome because you know all you have is summer and winter. But um, yeah, it's nice how it rolls into football season. It might start getting a little old, and yeah, football season for us, we're like ecstatic because it's all been hot and in Arizona, and we're like ready for uh, fall here. So very oh, exciting sure. stuff, man! Um, lots of changes happened. I've noticed, Dave. I mean, I cannot believe the amount of run, running back change that's happened over this past year when I just when I did this last week or whatever and went over this for this show,
2: I was like, man,
0: these num- these names are a lot different, man.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a bit of a mix up. And a lot of different running backs went to different places too, which is surprising as well. So how many fantasy uh teams are you on this year, buddy? Eleven fantasy football. Okay. Okay.
0: That's it's a lot. <laughs> Have you added some drafts yet?
2: I've had um, most of my Dynasty ones already. Uh, I've had six or seven Dynasty ones already, and then I have all my uh, just yearly ones or Roto ones coming up here the next couple weeks.
0: That's that's cool. I mean, the Dynasty one, I w- the one I'm in with you, we just had. That was interesting. I made that big move for Jonathan Taylor. I decided to dump him, and uh, you thought it was bad, but to be honest with you, I had Wilson, you know, and I was I was hurting for running backs, and Jonathan Taylor – there's some news that just came out on him today, but um, I hate the Colts' offensive line. I, I think they got way worse, you know. And he's not happy there. And I also get a first-round draft pick next year, which means a, a future starting running back again. So I had to push. I had to pull that trigger, man.
2: That makes sense. I, I would have gave you more than that, though. What you got, but definitely the, a good trade for you in the, in that respect. Well, and the fact I that see- I had
0: Wilson made monster like. The one that made yeah. sense, because maybe Mostert loses his job. Maybe Wilson loses his job. At least I got the the, the handcuff. You know, I didn't well, have... Well, it's what really-
2: takes over, though. Then you're screwed both ways, then.
0: Well, if somebody... T- that's in everything. Someone gets hurt. I mean, that's just how fantasy is. That's why you try to stack up some good backup RBs, you know, and especially for Dynasty Leagues. So, we'll see how that pans out, though. But it's going to be fun, and we have a big Bears-Packers game to start off season well, 2023, the f- first game of the season, and the Bears are favored, my man. <laughs> what do you think
2: about I that? <laughs> I, I like Love though. I call he Love's playing though, so it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, new year for the Packers. We'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah, loves Dinkin and Duncan pretty good. I mean, he's got his coach there that knows how to play the manageable game, and Aaron Rodgers had a bad year last year, so it's not like um, he's incapable. I, I don't. I don't think it's going to be that bad for the Packers. I think it's going to be a little bit weird, probably a struggle at the end to make the playoffs, but it's just, if the bears are bad, which I don't think they can be that good yet. Um, then they might have an opening shot if they can win both of these games for sure. I mean, lots of changes with the bears, but it's going to be fun to watch. And, uh, I certainly wouldn't bet the bears minus three. (laughs) I mean, I, 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 I don't, I, I have to put my hat down when it comes to betting my, my fandom hat, you know, it's like, yeah, I want the Bears to win, of course, as a fan, but it's just uh it's tough because the Packers have had their numbers for many years, and love's going to come in there thinking that and knowing that and trying to do it. but thats gonna be interesting. but let's get into some running back share in the NFC North Dave, and we might as well start with the top team coming back, which was the Minnesota Vikings, I would say the one of the most overrated teams, but they did get 13 wins. But here we go, right off the bat. A 13win team, they cut their they cut their running back. You know, isn't that amazing? They cut him. Yeah.
2: And now it's the shockers.
0: I mean, it's a shocker seeing like a guy in his fourth year, Alexander Madison, you know, now finally taking over. Running backs don't last this long to take over in their fourth year. It's so weird. I, I'm bummed because I traded him a couple years ago to the guy I handcuffed cook. And, um, you know, I, I got some good stuff back for it, but geez, man, uh, I have Madison at 60% and Ty Chandler at about 20% of the carries. And I don't even know about the rest of them. I would say just 20% with the rest of them. What are your thoughts on this share?
2: Uh, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. I think 60% for Madison. Uh, p- pretty much Ty- Tyson Chandler, I think twenty five, twenty 20 to 25%. And then I think the rest would go to Dwayne McBride and Kenny Njaku. N- so I think that that's how it's going to split up there. But I, I'm pretty much in line with what you were thinking there, there as, well, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, so... Um... It is crazy. I wonder, Madison doesn't have the up speed and the upside, but, I mean, he can get some carries and do some serious damage, so he's going to probably be a late first-round pick, I would say, someone like Alexander Madison. We'll see where he ends up going, but lots of luck for him going this way. Let's move to the Packers. Who do you have, being that this is your team?
2: Aaron Jones is going to be 65% to 70%. Uh, I'd say probably closer to 65 because I think Dylan will get at least 30, 35% of the carries in too. I don't think they'll get many, many carries to Patrick Taylor or Tyler G- Godson. Uh, I don't see it. But Emmanuel Wilson's actually been coming on in the preseason, so he might get a few carries as well. What about well, Lou Nichols? Is he cut? I, he, he's borderline right now, I think. With Emmanuel Wilson showing up right now in the preseason, Lou Nichols might be cut actually, or practice squad type material. So uh, I'm definitely the majority of the shares definitely be Aaron Jones and Dylan though for sure. So I
0: have I have Jones at fifty percent and Dylan at forty five. They share snaps together too. They'll be on the backfield
2: twice with each other sometimes. They will. But Aaron Jones is gonna get a lot more receptions though. Dylan doesn't get as many receptions. So I don't. And Jones is a little bit more valuable in that respect. He's on the field a little bit more, too, for the reception portion. AJ
0: Dillon will be in the goal line, though. So he will get the goal line touches, which is big, I think. Yeah, that's huge. I think Jones will get a few, but not as many as Dillon. Good stuff. Well, let's move on to the Bears, my friend. And I have – this is tough because they got rid of Montgomery, you know, one of their guys. And you have Khalil Herbert here. And he's probably at fifty percent, and Deontay Foreman is at forty percent, and Roshan Johnson is at the other ten percent. But this is one of those teams where the biggest and best rusher was the quarterback with Justin Fields, Dave.
2: Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, I, I would say like ten percent to fifteen percent of those carries are going go to go to Justin Fields, but you, you can't start him at running back though. But you got to keep that in mind when drafting these running backs that the quarterback's going to take away a lot of these carries and percentage of that share too as well. So. Uh, I definitely agree. I think Montgomery is about 40, 45%. Uh, Gibbs, I would say, about 30, 35%. I think Montgomery will get, I'm sorry, uh, Khalil Herbert, I'm sorry, uh, will get 40 to 45%. And I think uh, Deontay Foreman will get about 30 to 35%. And then Roscoe Johnson will get the remainder, probably about 10 to 15%. Uh, I think Johnson, towards the middle of the year, could come on quite a bit more, though, depending on how Herbert and Foreman do at the beginning of the year.
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Sean Johnson. It's weird drafting a guy behind the best running back, Bijan Robinson, of the draft. It's like he was second, but he was still pretty good. You know,
2: and oh, it's not point. his
0: fault that he was behind Bijan, and Bijan was the name. And you know that, that it's going to be interesting seeing how that all you know lines up. I agree with you. It's uh I've I've seen Johnson run already, and he he's looked uh, he's looked pretty good. So that's probably a sleeper, maybe, if you're thinking Chicago Bears this year. I would say maybe if you're in a deep league, you can take a take a chance with them too. So that's what I was thinking. Yeah, definitely leagues.
2: Yeah. I've definitely been going after him. Cause just just I think next year or later this year, I think you could begin a lot more carries. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Well, let's
0: move on to what did we miss here? The Lions, did I say? The Lions, yeah. And I and I have okay, so I think David Montgomery gets the most first but i think it's going to flip to gibbs dave what do you got
2: yeah i like i, I was just saying david montgomery i think gets 40 to 45 percent, but i think gibbs gets at least 40 percent as well and the remainder i'll go to craig reynolds and jamar jefferson or benny snell but i don't think many of those three will get really many carries at all but i think it's going to be pretty much pretty close to 50 50 for gibbs and montgomery montgomery might get some more at the beginning but i think gibbs will come on later in the year kind of like johnson as well
0: Yep, yep. I think I think Gibbs is going to take over soon within the, four, the first four weeks. I've Gibbs at 55%, Montgomery at 40, and the rest at roughly 5%. So, that's the way I break it down, but you and I are pretty close to that. We haven't had much disagreement here. Maybe maybe you think Aaron Jones is going to take more, but um I think we're both pretty close on the NFC North. Let's go to the NFC South then with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, what do you have for their lineups?
2: Rashad White, I'm going to say at least 60 to 65%. I really like him this year. He's one of my breakout guys this year. I definitely like Rashad White a lot with Fournette gone. Uh, Edmonds, they, they're, they're hyping him up as a third down back. So I'd say 15 or 20% for Edmonds. And then Kishan Vaughn and Sean Tucker, the rookie, uh, maybe 5 to 10% for each of them. They'll fill in the remainder of that. But I think Rashad White is going to be the bell call here.
0: Yeah, for Rashad White's definitely going to be. I have 65%, Chase Edmonds 20, and Keyshawn Vaughn 15. Chase Edmonds was a bust, I remember. He was drafted pretty high. It was last year or the year before. It was one of them coming from the Cardinals, and people thought he was going to be really good. He got hurt right away, and that was the end of that. But we agree with that. Let's go to Carolina Panthers. Uh, this is interesting because they pick up Miles Sanders, yet I still think they're pretty high on Chuba Hubbard, you know? So I wonder like, wow, this really hurts Ch- Chuba Hubbard's value now that Miles Sanders is there because you knew that Deontay Foreman left. You're like, wow, this is Chuba's year and boom, this. Is... there's a couple teams that this yeah, happened exactly. to. I can't wait to get to the Jets. But Chuba Hubbard at, at 50%, Sanders 40%, and Raheem Blackshear at 10%. Are you in agreement?
2: Uh, I'm, I got that flip-flop, actually. I like, I like Sanders, because they, they signed him for all that money, so I think they're definitely going to give him more of the carries. I, I like 50% for Sanders, and I think 40 for Chubba. Okay. Uh, and then 10 for Blackshear and Spencer Brown. Mostly for Blackshear, though. But, yeah, I think Sanders gets the majority of them with that big contract he just signed, and they're hyping him up as the starter. I think he's going to get more carries there still.
0: All right, well, let's move on to the Saints. And
2: I'll let you start this one out. All right, the Saints are kind of a mess, actually, right now. Uh, we got Kamara on suspension, so normally I would say Kamara is going to get at least 60%, but with him out, we'll just do it with not pending Kamara's suspension. Uh, Jamal Williams, I think, 60% while Kamara's out. Uh, and then they do like Kendra Miller, the rookie there. I see a 30% for him. Uh, and then probably the rest goes to Daryl Williams and uh, Kirk Merritt. So th- those guys will get the remainder of the carries, but uh, I definitely think 60-30 probably for uh, Jamal Williams and Kendrick Miller.
0: So I have Elvin Kamara when he comes back. I did different. I just assumed when he came back. So I wrote down, Jamal will be great the first three weeks due to the suspension. So um, Kamara 70% when it's all said and done. Jamal 25 and Kendrick Miller 5%. That's the way I think it's going to be.
2: Well, I'll, I'll even break it down for when they come back. So I think when Kamara is back, I think it's only going to be 60-40 because Jamal still going to get the goal line stuff and he's going to get the short yardage stuff too. So I think he still gets quite a few carries even with Kamara back. So I think it's even closer to 60 60-30 actually. That, that'd be um, interesting. In that, yeah.
0: That'd be interesting because they've used Kamara so much when he was healthy in the past. So much. So um maybe he's slowing down and they want to save him a little bit. So I can see that angle possibly. Now for Hotlanta, my man. Uh Bijan Robinson. You know, this is weird because they had the number one rushing offense. I guess as a total they ran more, but Uh, from the league in 2022 and then they draft a running back you know I mean Tyler Algier is just like what the hell right (laughs) and same with Cordero Patterson I mean Patterson had a good Patterson had a good year
2: the year before that too so they had like three legit running backs there
0: I know I know I almost think that he'll be more passing game now but I have Bijan at 70 percent why not you know and then Algier I have at 20 percent and Cordell Patterson with Carlos Washington is going to kind of split the other 10. It'll probably be mostly Cordero, but that's a tough situation for anybody that owned those other running backs.
2: Yeah, I'm going to go with John 60%. I think Tyler Algier gets 30% and then I'd say 10 for Cordell, but, it's tough, though. That's going to be a tough backfield to judge. It's going to be like a Kansas City kind of Patriots backfield. You're not going to know who's going to be getting the carries on any given day or who gets more. But I think Bijan definitely dominates that backfield still, though.
0: Let's move on to the NFC West. You have San Francisco 49ers. So, obviously, we know what happened last year and who they received. Is Christian yeah. McCaffrey the man?
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. I think Run-CMC is going to be the man there. Uh, I think 70% from McCaffrey. Uh, twenty to twenty-five percent from Mitchell, and then Jordan Mason might get a few, or Ty- Tyron Price Davis might get five to ten percent, but split up between those two. But I think McCaffrey definitely is the bell cow there.
0: So I have this is my highest projection because he is a passing third down back and everything. I have an eighty percent, like literally eighty percent. I have nobody else at eighty percent, and I have Elijah Mitchell at twenty
2: percent, but Elijah. I like but you got to remember, last year, Mitchell still played quite a bit, actually, which was kind of surprising. He did get quite a few carries last year, even when McCaffrey was there. So Yes, uh, but but McCaffrey
0: got a ton of love, too, though. Even when he was in, oh, yeah. it was like
2: the ball was always going in his direction.
0: So I think that just because their quarterback situation is so bad, there's going to be more dump-offs to running backs, too. Um, <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. H- handcuff everybody, because the way Shanahan pounds his running backs and this team, they take a lot of injuries. So, um,
2: yes, I definitely agree. And McCaffrey
0: has prone to been prone to injuries in the past as well. For sure. And I, it's a scary pick, but I have McCaffrey as my overall, uh, for a PPR league, especially, um, number one pick in the draft. I have him. ahead of Jefferson and others. So that's my opinion. Um, Kenneth Walker for the Seattle Seahawks. So he's banged up, but he's going to come back at some point. Jack Charbonnet, and I have Walker at 60%, Charbonnet at 20%. DJ Dallas and Kenny McIntosh can fight it out for 20%, Dave.
2: Uh, I think Walker gets more. He's actually back at practice now. He's, he's, he's going full go for practice now again. Uh, I do have Kenny at 60. I think 30 for Zach. Uh, and then I think about 10 for DJ Dallas. And I don't think McIntosh gets many carries. So uh, I think DJ Dallas a little bit lower on him probably on this offense. Uh, but I, I do like Kenny Walker's, though, still a lot in this one. Well, he's going to make the team. Let's move on to the Rams. What do you have for them? Uh, Akers, I do like Akers a lot. I think he gets 60 to 65% this year. Kyron Williams, they're not that high on it. They were high on them last year, but they really didn't give him that many carries. Uh, so I'd say about 25% for Kyron. And then Zach Evans, I do like that rookie. And him and Rivers have been balling on in the preseason. So uh, I, I'd say those guys get the remainder of the carries there.
0: Royce Freeman there, too. Um Cam Akers only have 40 percent Kyron Williams 30 percent I'm going to run away from this situation hope to draft none of them but I will say that I could see Zach Evans taking over and I can see Kyron Williams possibly taking over I I think this is a mess right now and I think you might want to grab the handcuff later like in the draft or on free agency so grab like Kyron or Zach Evans late right. Yeah.
2: I did forget kind of on this one though, because I think Akers, they have him as a sleeper this year. If he can stay healthy. Yeah, he was he a sleeper back, last uh, year and he like... slept my whole team from winning last year. So, so yeah. that, that will happen though sometimes yeah, too. Yeah, but yeah. but if he stays healthy, he's a good back on the last four or five games of the year. If you look at his stats for the last four or five games of the year last year, he actually had good numbers. So uh, we'll see. I don't know. It's a toss up on that one. I, I can go either way, I think, on that one. All right. Well,
0: screw him. Uh, Arizona <laughs> Cardinals, James Conner, And. What's funny is that last year this guy was had the I think one of the most touches out of anybody in on this bad Cardinals team Dave who do you think what do you think for the split ups
2: I think James Conner I think 65% uh, 65 to 70% actually for him uh Kenton Ingram and Corey Clement they're going to get the rest of those carries there they'll get 20 to 25%. I think Conner is the bell cow though. He's going to get majority of the carries. Uh in any 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 fantasy league that you're drafting, you always want the guys when you get the bulk of the carries there, and he's going to get the bulk of the carries in Arizona, so he's going to be very valuable. And I'd say at least sixty-five to seventy percent for Connor. Yeah, I have seventy-five percent for Connor. Actually, probably have him very high, and
0: the other three can split it up twenty-five. I don't know who's going to show up as number two. I don't even know if Corey Clement's going to make the team. It's nice seeing the old Badger still there though, so it's kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. All right, next we have the uh forty. No, we already did that. Seattle. Nope, we did that uh, next. Actually, division. So we're yep. to the NFC East. The Eagles. We'll start with them. I have DeAndre Swift at fifty-five percent, Kenneth Gainwell at thirty percent, and Rashad Penny, who is looking really good in the preseason so far, at fifteen percent.
2: Okay, now this this backfield kind of worries me a lot as well. So this is kind of like the Rams' backfield. DeAndre Swift is always injured. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell has been, been running with the ones so far in preseason, so I'm actually going to mix this one up actually a little bit. I'm going to go Kenneth Gainwell, 40%. DeAndre Swift, 30%. Uh, and then 20% for Rashard Penny and then the remainder for Boston Scott. Cause you can't forget about him as well because in the past he's actually ran the ball a lot quite well as well. So uh, this backfield is... is whoever get, runs away with the number one job is going to be at the fantasy gold, but uh, I don't know how they're going to use their backs this year, so... But I think is the guy to own here, and then I think Swift is very close.
1: Well,
0: I mean, Swift is the Georgia guy. They love Georgia guys, obviously, out there in Philly. <laughs> yeah, and, half the Georgia team
2: is Georgia guys. And they
0: traded for him, so they, they must find a pretty big need. So that's why I'm sticking with my 55%. But there's a little disagreement from us. Let's go to the Cowboys. Obviously, big moves, losing Zeke. Who's the bell
2: cow for the boys. All right, I'm going 70% for Tony Pollard. Uh, And then I'm going 20% for Deuce Vaughn, uh, and then I'm going, the remainder is going to be Malik Davis. So Pollard is going to be the bell cow here. Deuce Vaughn, I think, gets more carries as the season goes on. I think he's actually going to surprise a lot of people this year. He's been looking really good in preseason, so uh, he's going to be my sleeper on the Cowboys, actually.
0: I predict Deuce is a sleeper as well. I think he moves up, and he's going to take some carries away. I have Pollard, just like you, at 70%. I have Deuce Vaughn at 25% Malik Davis, and if Ronald Jones makes the team, they'll be sharing the other 5%, but no disagreement there, man. We're pretty much on that. We both like Deuce Vaughn as a sleeper. There you go. Love I like it. it. Me too. Uh, New York Giants' Saquon Barkley. Well, you know, he's upset just like all the other running backs, but I still have him at 75% workload. I mean, they're going to work him. They're going to say, well, if we're not going to have you next year, we're going to work you. I have Matt Burrito with 50%, uh, 15% at second, and I have the rest like Eric Gray and Gary Brightwell or whoever makes the team splitting the 10%, Dave.
2: I'm right with you on that one, actually. You were spot on that. I had the same thing. I think Saquon 75, I had at 15, and I think Eric Gray, Gary Brightwell, those, those guys will battle it off. Whoever, like you said, whoever makes the team for those remaining carries. But uh, Saquon's definitely going to get the majority of the carries there. Agreed. What about the Washington Commanders? Now, this one's kind of a different story now because everyone says that Gibson's going to have a, such a great year this year. But Gibson's kind of underperformed the last couple of years, and he's been kind of a fantasy disappointment. But uh, with, with the, the back they lost, us actually, uh, and gone Gibson might take on that third down role now, but I still have Brian Robinson, I think, at fifty percent. I'm gonna say Antonio Gibson forty percent and then I like Chris Rodriguez, and we get the remaining carries uh, at the ten percent. So, and then there might be Jonathan Williams might get a few in there too, or Garrett Jarrett or pa- or Patterson, whoever makes the team. But uh, it's definitely gonna be. I think Robinson and Gibson are gonna be pretty close on this team actually, but I think Robinson get more of the carries, and Gibson will get more of the third down work.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I have Robinson at 50%, the former Bama running back, you know, um, Gibson at 40%, Chris Rodriguez at just 10% right now. It's kind of rough picking the two at the top here, right? Uh, PPR, I guess I would go Gibson, maybe, but it wouldn't be an
2: easy pick for me, you know? And Brian, well, I healthy this year after his gunshot stuff last year. So I think he's going to be training camp under his belt. Too. He's going to look a lot better than he did even probably last year still, too. Let's
0: move on to the AFC East. And here's a team that worked in my favor, Buffalo Bills. I drafted James Cook in the Dynasty League last year, and they got rid of Singletary. So now my James Cook becomes the bell cow at 60%. I'm happy about that. Damian Harris will probably be sitting back at 20%, and Latavius Murray maybe at 20%. But I think Cook could be a good sleeper this year in some leagues.
2: No, I agree. I have him at 60%, and I have Harris and Murray at about 15% each, and then uh, maybe Evans gets a few carries in there as well, or maybe Murray or Harris wringles some of the carries from each other, but Harris might get actually a little bit more, so he, I, I might even bump him up to 20%, uh, but yeah, th- th- I like Cook this year as well. I got him on one of my dynasty League, so I'm pretty pumped about him as well. All right, what do you have for the Dolphins? Dolphins, this is what I'm telling you. I, I, Wilson and Mostard I don't know if they could lose their job if Devon Achne actually is healthy, and he doesn't he didn't get injured as bad as they thought. He could actually end up. He's still injured, the, though. He is, but how bad was it? Did they? It wasn't. Did they ever say yet? They, they haven't really said how bad it was. He was injured, really.
0: Um, he avoided a severe shoulder injury, so he got carted off the field week to week. I'm going to say he misses the first week or two, probably.
2: Okay. Well, right now I'm going to go. Mostert, I'm going to go with your boy from the last couple of years. I'm going to go with him at 40%. Uh, Wilson at 40% as well. Those guys are going to be pretty much neck and neck. And then I'm going to do 20% for Devon when he gets healthy.
0: And Gaskin, I guess, sitting there. Okay, I have 50% for Mostert and 35 for Jeff Wilson. But any of these guys can get injured. You have the same 49er offense with Mike McDaniel there that Injures exactly. running back somehow. So
2: and actually too, Savanna Amand he's been actually running with the ones and being the backup of some of the preseason games. So that'd be that'd be a guy to watch as well.
0: All right, let's move on to the New England Patriots. I have Ramondre Stevenson at fifty percent. I have now Ezekiel Elliott at 40%. What a move that Hurts-Stevenson value right there. Oh, it, Picking it him up. Oh, it certainly crushes. But because he is getting the goal line touches, Dave. That's the only thing he could do last year was the goal line touches. He's kind of like what Jalen Hurts was doing when they were playing that, you know, rugby ball. And uh, Pierre Strong and Ty Montgomery, I guess, will duke it out for the other 10%. But, you know, I – Don't like drafting Patriots running backs in the first place because whatever we say can be the absolute opposite or completely different. So, the only pick I feel safe with really is Stevenson, but I would hope to not have to be in that situation.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm going 65% for Stevenson. I like him. Uh, Even with Harris there last year, he had a good year. He's explosive. He he even looked, the few carries he had in the preseason is the Packers. He looked explosive. I don't think Zeke's is what he used to be. He might steal some of the TDs and the goal line stuff from him, but Stevenson's still going to get some TDs, too, in the red zone. So uh, I like that 65%, I think, for Stevenson. Uh, I'm going 25% for Zeke, and then I think the remainder goes to Pierre Strong and Ty Montgomery.
0: All right, well, let's go with the most disappointing Brees Hall owners in the whole nation. What are your thoughts on the New York
2: Jets? Oh, this is a tough one. Like you said before, them signing Dalvin Cook just killed Brees Hall's value, just kind of like with the Stevenson's. And there's Fournette still out there too. He's going to sign with somebody. But I think Hall, maybe I think Cook's at actually fifty percent. I think Hall is forty percent. Uh, that's going to change as the season goes on. And then you got to remember Michael Carter. He actually will get some carries too. So he's he was good. I
0: was like, what? What are you doing?
2: You know, I'm like, what happened to Carter? I thought he was good. Exactly. I- he I- wasn't. He was a great receiving back. They, they even said they still like him on third downs, but is the third down back still possibly? so? And then they, you can't forget about Zombie and Knight, and then the, they just drafted the, the rookie, is Israel, too. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to even try to say his last name, but uh, they have a lot of running backs here, so this is a bad situation for running backs. Uh, you got to go with Hall or Cook, but it's, it's going to be a tough situation there.
0: It's going to be a very tough situation, and um, I'll go with uh, – I'll go with Cook, but it's not... It sucks. And too bad Brees Hall got injured because that didn't help him. Let's move on to the Kansas City Chiefs here in the AFC West. So uh, I got Pacheco at 55%. I have Jarek McKinnon at 25%. Clyde edwards Elaire has been fading. I think they'll still use him and he's going to be 20%, but he's just not looking that strong lately and I'm
2: concerned for it. Yeah, I am as well. So I, I think... Pacheco is definitely going to be fifty to sixty percent there, uh, and then Prince actually the rookie I think he gets at least ten to fifteen percent, and then Jerick McKinnon. Oh, actually, Jim McKinnon's not there anymore. So, but uh, yeah, I definitely agree with what you, you were saying. I think Pacheco is the, the main guy there. I think Prince could actually come on as the season comes on, and then edwards Hilaire, uh I don't know about him. He's just hard to judge him too. He, I think he gets twenty to twenty-five percent there, but uh, it's hard to judge what they're going to do with him now. I think possibly he's- a trade. They said mckinnon's still on the chiefs ain't he no i was almost positive he went, went to a different team actually no, well
0: it says here on espn he's still a chief um okay i i, I must have missed that or maybe you're thinking of someone else um jarek mckinnon Kyle rosera pacheco i mean it's not updated so that would be weird but i really think he's still there let's check, okay. check on that after the next one um moving on to the chargers who do you got for the chargers
2: well, Eckler, you know, you know he's going to dominate the carries there. He's going to be 75% for sure. Uh, and then after that, it's kind of toss-up uh, for him, ac- actually, after that. Uh, it's going to probably be Joshua Kelly and then Isaiah Spiller a little bit. And then they drafted another guy then, too. Uh, but I think it's mostly going to be... I think Eckler gets at least 70-75%, and I think at least 20% for Joshua Kelly, 20-25, to and then Isaiah Spiller gets whatever's left there.
0: I think Spiller's going to take over for Kelly at some point. Um, I do have Eckler at 75%, but I can see Spiller moving up a little bit here. Uh, he was on a bad offense throughout his college career, but he's going to... I'm really sure he's gotten the NFL, but right now it's Eckler 75 and the other two can figure out the other 25, but I think Spiller is the sleeper here. Let's move on to the Raiders, Josh Jacobs. I have him at 75%. He was massive bell cow last year, stayed healthy, but you know, Zemir White's there and Josh Jacobs wasn't happy. So we'll see if some, some shenanigans happens. Um, uh, you better handcuff Jacobs, and it would be with Zamir White, unfortunately. And then you have Brandon Bolden and Amir Abdullah still hanging around, splitting 15%. Dave, what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, it was, it was, once Jacobs is back, I definitely like him a lot. Uh, 75% for him, I would say. I agree with you on that one. 20% for Zamir White, and then the rest would go to Amir Abdullah and Brandon Bolden there. And Damian Williams looks like he's there, not too if he makes the team. So uh, I definitely agree with you on that one. But Jacobs needs to get into camp, though, soon here. Yeah, for sure.
0: Let's go to Denver. Uh, <laughs> Javante Williams, is he going to be ready week one? It looks like he's trending that way. What are your thoughts?
2: Yes, I definitely agree. I think Javante Williams, I think I'm thinking 55% for him. Uh, they said he is practicing now that they, they said he was going to play in a preseason game as well. So it is looking good for him. Uh, I, I think at least 30% for Samarji Green uh, and then Tyler Beatty and then Tony Jones that they're going to get a remainder of that but there's not going to be many carries after that but I think the majority of it's going to go with Williams and Perrine
0: yeah I got Javante at 65% and P Ryan at uh, 30% so there you go let's move on to the AFC North Cincinnati Bengals Joe Mixon I have him at 65% he sure took a team-friendly running back deal he was the smart one redid his stuff have some incentives in it and Dave to be honest with you I think running backs instead of being so revolting they should do a big incentive like take the lower base but take a large commission you know on what you're oh, doing exactly. because you, you're 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 arguing something you're never going to win the whole league thinks this you know and delvin cook even took a one-year deal now where he could have re- redid his contract for more guaranteed money and done longer at minnesota but you know he's cost him millions especially if he gets hurt again so it's just crazy what's going on in this market but that's my opinion and I wonder, I'd like to hear if anybody else has that opinion. Just tweet us at the oddsbreakers. But uh, this situation with Javante Williams, and, or sorry, with Joe Mixon, he is definitely getting 65%. Chris Evans, 20%. Chase Brown, which I liked a lot coming out of, but I haven't even heard that great of things in camp yet, but I still am at 15% for Brown.
2: Yeah, I like, like Mixon too, 65% for him. I think Chase Brown, actually, I'm going to go with him 20 to 25%. And Trevon Williams and Chris Evans, I think they get the remaining uh but chase brown is the rookie they really like there and he's been getting a lot of carries and looking good in the preseason so i do like him a lot and i do agree with you too uh running backs just need to they're just going to load them up with now with bonuses and incentives Like kind of like do with delvin cook he can make up to eight or nine million uh if he does well this year but uh he, he screws himself if he gets injured like you said though nothing's guaranteed in that contract
0: yeah exactly so supply and demand is just what it is you know going from Henry to like a Deontay Foreman isn't a $15 million difference. You know, it's maybe a, a three to four, or five million dollar difference. But going from Jefferson, you know, down to like uh let's just say Nelson Aguilar, that is a ten million dollar difference. Yeah, you know, that's 10, 15, yeah, 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 yeah. That, <laughs> I, so I mean, to be honest, there's just a massive difference between receivers and other positions. Uh Baltimore Ravens, why don't you go with that one?
2: All right, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. That's really a hard one, actually, to judge, too. Dobbins was on the PUP pup list for a while there, and we don't really know what his situation is. He's always injured, too. So I'm going to go 40 for Dobbins, 40 for Edwards, uh, and then 20% with, uh, divvied up between Justice Hill and Melvin Gore. Nice to see another badger there. And then Keaton Mitchell, uh, he was a late-round pick, but he might not even make the team. But if he, he does make the team, he can get a few carries, I think, as well. I'm dipping into that that percentage as
0: well i would love to see melvin gordon make this team because former badger you know we thought he's always kind of got some bad luck but i think that gus edwards is going to be the bell cow i think jk domins is wearing out his welcome there but it is also in running Thanks, back yes. hell situation right now i hate to be oh, the yeah. guy that has to draft the raven running back to be my number two guy that would suck don't put yourself in that situation um try to just maybe go with, like, uh, Andrews or something. Maybe they're tight end, right? Uh, stay
2: away from this running back situation, in my opinion. Uh, oh, yeah, especially with Lamar there, too. you got to remember, Lamar's going to take a lot of carries and a percentage of that, too. So Yeah, if he's not uh, throwing that's...
0: for 6,000 yards like he predicts. He's
2: gonna...
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that is funny. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, Najee. I have 70%, and with some upside there. Jalen Warren, Um, I have at 20%. McFarland and Darius Hagens. I wrote at 10%. I feel like I'm missing something, though, but go ahead.
2: No, I agree with you on that one, too. I'd say 65% to 70% for Najee Harris. Uh, Jaleen Warren, I think, at least twenty-first, 25% there. McFarland gets the remainder there. Haggins, uh, I don't even know if he makes the team or right. gets any carries. Uh, but Warren, I think, could come on through the year, though. If, if Harris struggles this year again, I think Warren will get more carries as, this, as the year goes on.
0: Very possible. What about our Brownies here? Brownies, what do you got?
2: All right, Nick Chubb, seventy percent for sure. Uh, Jerome Ford, I would say twenty to twenty-five percent, and then Felton uh, juniors get the rest of those carries. Uh, Ford is banged up right now, though, so their backup running back situation which is kind of murky right there right now. And for the Brownies, but uh, Chubb's going to be your bell cow, anyways. He's going to get 65 to seventy percent of the carries I there. Think,
0: I think Chubb's your best non-PPR guy now. I, I don't exactly. Think, uh, I think Derrick Henry's fallen and some others, and Chubb's going to be seventy-five percent. Demetric Felton, I put at 20%, but because it's all messed up, John John Kelly and Ford can split the remaining 5%. Let's so move on to the Jaguars, the AFC South, Travis Etienne, 70%. Tank Bigsby, 15%. Jermichael Hasty and Dearness Johnson will split the other 20%, I said. So it's basically Bigsby, Hasty, and Johnson are really fighting for the number two. But I will say that Etienne could be massive this year, and I mean massive. He could be a top-five guy, in my opinion.
2: I like him as well. Uh, if he stays healthy, I, I definitely like his potential there too. Uh, I'm only going 60% though because I think Tank Bisbee could cut into his carries as the year goes on. So I got Bigsby at 30% and then I got uh and Johnson with the remaining 10% there. But I i am am high on ATN though as well. So I do like him a lot.
0: Heck yeah, man. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm hoping to get uh, snag him in a couple leagues weeks myself. Let's move on to the Titans and Derrick Henry. Why
2: don't you go? Derek Henry, I think he's going to be one of the highest ones here. I think 75 to 80%. Uh, Taj Spears, though, supposedly has been looking good, and he's going to cut into his carries. So yeah, I'm giving him 20%. Uh, and then the, the rest would go to, to between Hassan Hoskins and Jonathan Ward. Uh, but the, I don't think, see them getting very carries. I think Taj Spears actually cuts into Henry's carries a little bit this year. Uh, but he's just been so much mileage on him over the last couple of years, though. It's just tough to uh, see been lasting the whole year, but when he is in there, he's going to get most of the carries, though. Right, right, right. Agreed. And I
0: have Derrick Henry, 65%. Chestnut and Tyja Spears are with 20%. Hassan Haskins and Jonathan Ward, someone's not making this team. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe Haskins does, but maybe, I don't know. This is going to be interesting. I'll I think, think Haskins
2: will make it over Ward, but it just depends on how they do in the last couple games here, last yeah. preseason games. All right.
0: Well, now for the messy situation with the Indianapolis Colts, Jonathan Taylor now gets permission to trade by their psychotic drug-headed uh, owner, Jim Irsay. Uh, <laughs> you know, here's the thing: he, he is nuts. He says we are not trading now. Now, he, now he's letting him. now, but we want a ton for him. Yes, yeah, like he's just gonna be like trying to. He's just trying to muscle himself around. You know, be like. Oh, I want a first round pick and nobody's going to do it. And Taylor's day, just be like, why even, why are we bothering to this? And he's he said, because I said so. You know, he's kind of a control freak a little bit, I think. He's got some issues. Yeah. But it's a horrible situation. I just don't see Jonathan Taylor getting traded because of that. I th- I see him staying there. I think there's just bitterness with Jim Irsay. And they're not going to get what they want. I mean, they might get a third round pick, and I mean, because now someone's got to pay the man, and people don't pay running backs, so it's just not going to pan out for either side. Uh, I have Jonathan Taylor at 75% right now, but I'm sure as heck not drafting him high. Um, He could be great if this all blows over, and a lot of times this stuff does blow over. It's like people forget about it with that first win, right? But, exactly, but it's going to be hard. Zach Moss is injured, but he'll when he's back. I guess ten percent. Deion Jackson, Evan Hall is fifteen percent. But and if you draft Taylor, you better draft the other another guy behind him. So it sucks, and you don't want to, I don't think the Colts are going to be that good, so I'd rather not even touch this situation.
2: I agree with you, but with Anthony Richardson though, this does make for an interesting situation because they can't tee off on Taylor now. Taylor plays, I think, 70%, 75 percent, like you said. Uh, I think the backup Hall and Deion Jackson. Uh Moss is out for at least three, four weeks, probably. Uh, but I like Hall, the rookie there, and the Deion Jackson, I think he did quite a few carries. I'm hoping this situation gets resolved. That's Badger. He's a good guy. He's a, great so guy. a good stand-up dude. And so I think I think hopefully this gets resolved. Or if they trade him, hopefully it gets goes to a good situation for him. Yeah, I hope so, man.
0: All right. Why don't you take the honors on the final team? The Houston Texans.
2: This one's interesting. Dan and Pierce. Started out strong last year, but he kind of faded as rookie year. He kind of, as the season went on, he kind of like went downhill and kind of faded. And now they got Devin Singletary there, there too. So I'm going 50% for Damian Pierce, uh, 35% for Devin Singletary, and then I think the rest goes to Mike Boone and Dari Ogilinari Wally. Uh, so it's a tough situation, though, because I think Singletary could eat into Damian Pierce's carries this year, because Pierce struggled as a rookie the second half of the year, and he was banged up a little with- bit too so um I like Pierce though. Still, still if he if he can't stay come on Sean at the end of the year though
0: they all look bad in preseason to be honest with you yeah. including Darrow Gumbawale who used to play for our Badgers but he was ever the prominent guy uh Damian Pierce I have 45 percent I have Devin Singletary at 45 percent I don't know which way to go with this I would probably lean Pierce yeah. maybe it should be 50 40 I don't know but I still have Pierce as my number one but it's a messy situation because they're just bad. They're a bad team. And yeah. their the the quarterback's a
2: bad. Like, the rookie there hasn't looked good. Mills hasn't looked good. Like, you don't have a good quarterback still. like Not yet, anyway.
0: Not yet. Now it's preseason. I don't, like, overreacting in yeah. preseason. But, you know,
2: I, obviously
0: I wasn't high on them coming into the season. I think I have my third worst team or something. So, not a great situation. But, Dave, you broke it down well. We talked about some running backs. What do you think next week? Should we do, like, uh, position, top ten position, how we're going to draft them and some sleepers?
2: I like that. Yeah, definitely.
0: Let's do it. All right. Next week, we will do that, Dave. Thanks a lot for coming on, my man.
2: Thank you. You have a good rest of the day.
0: Yeah. And for anyone, if you have any questions for this podcast, feel free to email us at info at the Enjoy your rest of the week and go get some winners.